here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Imagine a scenario with two major world-class professional wrestling companies touring the United States, promoting shows weekly, with thousands attending and millions watching at home. Difficult to imagine? It may not have to be. That was real life in 2001. Back then, 15 years ago, WWE was joined by WCW on the U.S. pro wrestling landscape. Ask your dad. Unless he tries to tell you that the NWA was much better than WCW, in which case ignore him and Google it instead. Times were good in the late 1990s, but in 2001 tragedy struck. WCW died. Some say abruptly. Some say it was a long time coming. Many have been blamed for its death. Was it Vince Russo? Was it Kevin Nash? Did Vince McMahon sabotage WCW? We don't know what the real killer truly was. It remains a mystery. But what if the real killer is still out there, hiding for years, away from the main stage? I want you to imagine a ruler of the world, if that ruler decided the world had to end. What if Sid did it? Shake Them Ropes, episode 81. Rob McCarran, Jeff Hawkins with his face in his palm. First time you heard that, huh, Jeff? You are so wrong about the NWA. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me now. I will kill a man for saying such a thing. Uh, that was the first teaser that we uh, limited in a limited fashion released last week. The first teaser mm-hmm. for the upcoming super not so secret WCW 2001 podcast project at Voices of Wrestling and Shake Them Ropes. That was teaser number one. Teaser number two will be at the end of this episode. Oh, it will am I going to be a part of this? I haven't been asked to be, so I, I guess I'm not. But that's okay too. Uh-uh. It's- you're going to be <laughs> see. You're going to be the red team. You're going to be the guy at the end who we show everything to, and you say if it's a go or not. Oh, okay. That's what you're going to be. Um, but yeah, that's what we got going on. We have a lot to talk about today, Jeff Hawkins. Do we? Okay. We do. We have Sami Zayn's Raw debut. Mm-hmm. Well, we have... not really his debut. It's his second uh, match on Raw. Oh, that's right. He was in the tag team match that one time. Yes. Was he in that tag team match? Yeah, to, uh, to hype the uh, first match against... Uh, or to, to, to hype the Fatal 4-Way. Oh. For some reason, I don't remember him in it. I mean, I'm sure you're right. Mm-hmm. Tyler Breeze was in it for sure. Adrian, Adrian Neville was in it. it. Tyson Kidd. Tyson Kidd and... And Sami Zayn was in it, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh. Who knew? Well, you did. I did. And probably did. many Thank others. You. Thank you. Appreciate that. But I've forgotten completely. So, and this may be a case where Sami Zayn showed up on this Raw... Because they're in Montreal, because you have NXT TakeOver coming up, 
mm-hmm. probably not any plans to you know have him on raw again anytime soon most likely right i i really you know if you're gonna make nxt a touring brand you gotta keep stars down at nxt don't you you do every once in a while putting some on raw so that the fans at least know who's coming that's never I mean, heard there- before I mean, yeah, well, there's a problem inherent in that, in that these guys don't get paid unless they get put up on the main roster. Yeah. That's the that's that's the problem I have. And if if you're gonna turn NXT into a touring brand, pay the people. You gotta start paying them. Pay them. Gotta start paying them. That's true. You do have to start doing that. Well, I mean, better better than a developmental deal would give you. You know what I mean? But we're gonna talk about Zayn. We're gonna talk about Lana today. Yeah. We're going to talk a little of Dean Ambrose getting added to the main event of Payback, mm-hmm. which is a very important show. Quite possibly the most important Payback in the history of WWE. Quite possibly. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the rise of the tag teams as it became clear, at least to me, that Payback is going to feature a tag team title rematch and not any type of four-way. And then we are going to talk about match number 79 on our top 100 countdown. Both of us watched Daniel Bryan versus Sheamus from Extreme Rules 2012 which is the same show as Brock Lesnar's return against John Cena. But the World Heavyweight title was on the line as well in a WrestleMania rematch. So we're going to talk about that. Of course, the teaser number two for this podcast project is coming up after that. We're also going to have a couple of questions from the listeners uh, that were submitted at Shake Them Ropes on Twitter. You can catch us at ShakeThemRopes.com, VoicesOfWrestling.com. All of the ways to subscribe to us are up there uh, at ShakeThemRopes.com. But let's get into this Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn arrived. He didn't quite conquer, losing in a U.S. championship challenge match. And the question is now, there are some out there claiming that Sami Zayn was buried. And Jeff Hawkins, you and I must call out these fools and (laughs) tell them why they are wrong. I'll let you go first. Oh, (laughs) You feel str- more strongly about that than I do. Um, they are so, I don't, don't uh, be one of those people. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to tamper it a bit though. Oh Jesus. Cause I, I don't, well, here's, here's my, uh, you know what? I'll start because I'm going to be super positive guy in this. Cause this was awesome. <laughs> Sammy Zayn okay. comes out in Montreal. He's the Montreal hometown kid. He gets the intro yes. from Brett, the Hitman Hart. You have the little segue there with Heath Slater, which was incredible. Cause Heath Slater is awesome too. Heath Slater is so fantastic. I, I can't even begin, but continue. Heath Slater looks like what Sami Zayn would look like if Sami Zayn decided to be a grunge fan doing a lot of meth. Mm-hmm. That's what Sami Zayn would look like is Heath Slater. Uh, but you have all that. You have Sami Zayn coming out to a monstrous reaction. These people knew who was coming out. They wanted Sami Zayn to come out. They were doing the Olay chants before even announcing Sami Zayn. They knew what was up. And then he proceeds to have not a classic match by any means with John Cena, but a much better match with John Cena than John Cena had in his debut against Kurt Angle. And we go all the way back to John Cena in the Olympic Challenge with Kurt Angle. John Cena's debut match goes in there with the top guy, loses, but looks respectable, gets promoted by the announcers. This was Sami Zayn here in 2015 in the same uh, situation. So what? He didn't win the title. Okay. A month ago, we were talking about how the U.S. title doesn't matter anyway and how we didn't want our favorites to win that belt. So what's changed? John Cena winning a couple matches? That hasn't changed anything. Sami Zayn is in there with the top guy, looks great, is getting huge crowd reactions in Montreal. 
this was a win of a segment. The only downside, of course, was the fact that Sami Zayn hurt his shoulder doing his entrance on this show. Yeah, and I think that's a bigger hurt than we may even give it credit for uh, down the line. But I'm, I'm going to agree with it's a win of a segment. I don't think it's as big of a win as other people do. I don't think it's a burial by any means. And God knows the thing that everybody should be really uh, building up here is that Sami Zayn uh, did this injured. I mean, that's just fantastic that he gutted it through. He's a tough guy. With you. You can I tell mean, espe- especially with all the drops that he had oh, yeah. on that shoulder yeah. over the course of the match. Here's my issue. And yeah, you can compare it to the John Cena debut. I think that's far too high praise because the business was hotter when John Cena debuted. Here's my issue. And I was thinking about this and I was going to bring this up on the show anyways. Do people really, in 2015, because we've had the same thing with Neville now, do they get over with a quality, hard-fought loss? against a star. I I don't I think wins are the only thing that matter. And I think it's harder to build a star after you've debuted guys and you've kind of given them either losses or 50-50 booking and then going, "Okay, now they've done their time, they've paid their dues, now we can heat them up." By the time you get around to heating them up, the audience already knows, "Well, they're just kind of guys, they're not I mean, audiences are conditioned." And when I'm not saying you, you push Sami Zayn as a mega, mega superstar. I'm not saying that at all. So, so don't get me wrong and don't, don't make me or don't think that I'm saying he should have had the win here against Cena. I'm saying that the loss here doesn't do him any good. It really doesn't to I, me. I mean, he had a great match. Okay, let me, let me backtrack before, we, before you jump down my throat. It does him some good. Yeah. It, does him, it does him some good. The fact that he was in there. Going toe to toe with John Cena, Rusev yeah. lost to him. People can lose to John Cena and be fine. And Sami Zayn yes. isn't debuting here and losing to Triple H. He's not coming in here and losing to Luke Harper. Right, but I mean, he comes in, he loses to John Cena, and he gets a win over Fandango, and it means nothing. It really doesn't. I don't think the wins mean as much. Obviously, wins and losses don't mean as much anymore because they I agree. aren't pushing that way. I agree. You know what matters? Clean wins. Clean wins matter because look wins at every Seth, once in a while. Well, I mean, look at Seth Rollins. Nobody yeah. looks at him as a legitimate champion because all of his wins are, you know, distraction or J and J security or Kane or whatnot. I mean, he hasn't had a well, has he? Has he had a quality clean win yet as champion? I can't think of one at the moment. So how are we going to remember Seth Rollins as champion? You know, remember the WrestleMania moment that. WWE doesn't want you to remember because it featured the curb stomp. Right. But anyway, Sami Zayn. Okay. This is, in effect, his Raw debut. That's what they were pushing it as. So as far as the four-way goes, matches are forgotten. Uh, The next time he's on Raw, if it's months away because he's still in NXT, if he shows up on Raw, that'll be his Raw debut. Yeah, and you know he'll have I mean? a huge he'll have a huge pop then. His yeah. popularity his popularity is transcendent, and that's why I think that this guy didn't need to come in and get a win over John Cena. Didn't need to come in and get a win over anyone. I think the moment being in there with John Cena was bigger than him coming in and getting a win over a guy like Heath Slater or Luke Harper. I think that moment was bigger for that. More people will remember it because he was in there with John Cena, and you give this guy a platform for the future. Let me posit this then. 
With Sami Zayn, you can do that. With another guy, I don't know if you can. Right, but we're talking about Sami Zayn here. No, I know that. I know that. But but it just seems... Sometimes, not not guy, every situation not, is the same, you know? Like, Sami no, Zayn can I, come I, in here and debut a different way than a Finn Balor can. I understand that, but you have a certain perfect storm here where you're in Montreal and you have a hot crowd chanting for him. Yeah. Give him the win. Make him seem like something to the TV audience well, so that when they go out around, mm-hmm. oh my God, this is the guy that got that big win on that Montreal show and people think he's something. Because as much as I love NXT and as much as you love NXT, it's a network show that to the mainstream fan, eh, right. not really right. not really that much. I mean, this is when you debut a guy, you debut him. You make him look like something. But and, they, weren't, and, they weren't debuting him here. No, well, you just said it was his debut. Well, it was profiled as his debut, but were they debuting yes. him here? No, because he won't be on Raw the next couple of weeks. Okay. He likely no, won't. No, I... I'll, I'll back down from the point. Right. I don't think he'll be on Raw for a while. I think NXT is it. Maybe they'll bring him back after TakeOver, May 20th. Maybe yeah. he's hurt and he'll be out for you know some time and he won't be able to wrestle at TakeOver. I maintain they're not They're not going to bring him back. I maintain that they're keeping a lot of these guys down on NXT for a, for the foreseeable future yeah. as so, so that they can get a touring brand. And the same with the Divas yeah. because the Divas are a drawing point. But, but again, I just think that you know the people... First of all, next Monday in Raw, no one's going to remember that the last Raw was in Montreal. They're going to no. remember the pop that Sami Zayn got. They're going to remember the fact that Sami Zayn was in there with John Cena. You know, I don't think he had to win that match. I think it was a bigger moment just being there than okay. winning against anyone else in the Raw. Maybe the only one he could have beaten and been made important might have been Randy Orton. And let's look at Dean Ambrose, the Raw after WrestleMania. Dean Ambrose, who's in the main event of Payback, by the way. Lost to John Cena in a U.S. title challenge match on the Raw after his reward, world title shot. Yeah, but oh, hold on, hold on. That That's also different because that's the first, quote-unquote, U.S. Open challenge. It was something. It was something different. It was a longer match. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it, rehab, it rehabbed Dean Ambrose a bit. I'll, I'll, give, I'll give it that, but, but I don't, you know. It was good for, let me put, let me since I'm sounding far more negative than I ever wanted to sound, it was good for Sami Zayn. It was overall. good for Sami Zayn. I just, I just don't think it was, it good was as viewers. good as it could have been. How about I, that? There we some, go. Sometimes I think we got to stop, you know, waiting for the perfect scenario. Because honestly, I, I mean, this might have been as close to me. This might have been as close to the perfect scenario as you possibly could have had. Unless it could have been more perfect if he was going to be on Raw the next week. Start getting yeah, wins. and then you can build on it. Yeah, we ha- we don't know how how they're planning them, so we can't really we can't re- we yeah. have to judge it in a vacuum. And I get the and I get that too. Don't don't get me wrong, listeners. Well, don't send me angry tweets. Say, say it's, it's in Cena. a vacuum. It's say in John a vacuum. Cena. Okay, say John Cena is the U.S. champion going into SummerSlam or a pay per view thereafter, and Sami Zayn is back on Raw getting wins against some of these guys. You don't tell me that they can build up for a month the fact that Sami Zayn has beaten everyone, but his first match he has not avenged against John Cena. And you put no, you John can... Cena and Sami Zayn on pay-per-view? Mm-hmm. Will that happen? No. Oh, it could. <laughs> I don't think so. It could. No. But I'm, you know, I, a lot of the times, will take the let's see what next week will bring approach. Because looking at one thing, I mean, when you look at the first act of a story and don't care what coming, what's coming in act two or act three, you can't really judge the story yet. And no, the Sami Zayn fair... story has just started. That's a fair point. 
and and I'm I'm coming in from the point of view that I haven't heard that Sami Zayn's being brought up. So I, I hope he is okay to wrestle at Takeover. I mean, he worked that too. match. He'll probably be in pain. I just hope it's not one of those things where they have to make sure he's a hundred percent before he you know comes back in the ring. I have some hope that he finished that match, but uh, we shall see. Uh, Lana last night on Raw mm-hmm. did the little subtle yet not so subtle dropping of the accent backstage with Fondango in speaking. They're now, gonna say she suffers from Stockholm syndrome, don't they? Aren't they? That's uh, that's the move. I don't know if that's gonna be it or the fact that just because she was with with Rusev, she was playing the role. Because that was her entry into whether it was WWE or the Rusev camp. This could all be a giant swerve, too. And Lana helps Rusev win at payback, by the way, because it is so not subtle. And you keep and it's so quick. Like we hear all these things about how Lana's the golden child for the next, you know, several months into the next year. But what do they do with the women of WWE? The last golden child woman of WWE was AJ Lee. You don't think they're a little hesitant to make another one? Keep trying. She wasn't blonde. Wasn't blonde. And the last one they had of that was <laughs> Trish Stratus, and it's been a while, and maybe they want to make another Trish Stratus, but it's not like Trish was ever at the top of the food chain as far as storylines go. It's not like she was ever the top drawing card of any program. Is this Sable Marrow 2015? It certainly seems like it right now. It okay. It does. But hopefully Rusev and Lana have and, a stronger... And- you yeah, know, and bedrock. And ho- oh God, I, boy, I hope it, they're not doing that because of this. I hope they're not. I, I'm not going to say they are. I just think I, don't I just think they want to split up the act because I think yeah. they see money and Lana by herself, and Rusev can be a heel with or without the woman. I, I, I would like to see the act stay. Okay, let me. How, how is WWE going to make money with someone who, who is a non-player character? Well, that's the interesting. Uh, dilemma they have is do they want to make her a face of wwe and she's the one who gets mainstream attention i mean she's gonna be the new director of operations isn't she i mean she could do something like that you know she can be in authority role she could (laughs) wrestle i mean we could see lana the wrestler at some point okay i don't really quite see that either but you're you're either gonna have the split here or i mean me going out on a limb with these two options you're either gonna have the split here or it's gonna be or one giant swerve. swerve and that's yeah. the way rusev gets the title back which we brought in i i had a scenario in my mind where they make some stipulation where if lana says i quit she quits on behalf of rusev and so she gets so mad that she says i quit which gets her both the big face pop and also screws rusev at the same time and thus a star is born but you, you, there's a number of different ways that they can go with this. I think yeah. the most likely and everyone suspects is that this is going to be the breakup here at payback, but I wouldn't be so fast because they can always make Lana either. the big, they can always make Lana the big star in the future. Yeah. By, they can make the, yeah. by keeping her they could, here. And they, or the they could make her, or they can make her a games master type of person where she just manipulated all these little pieces around and then boom. Now, now she's like this criminal mastermind type thing which which would also make her a bigger star to be honest with you if you go more full in on her healness which she's I mean, been she's, before yeah they have a ready-made story i mean let's remember here that back in survivor series time rusev agreed to join team authority mm-hmm. and, and stephanie and, dressed down so they owed her you know all these people talking about how lana had to do favors for someone in power to get rusev the rematch they owed her that's just what we need is a Stephanie Lana angle, isn't it? I would love it. 
Mm-hmm. Anything I with Stephanie. I need more Stephanie on TV. Mm. Dean Ambrose is in the main event at Payback. It's now a four-way. Dean Ambrose beat Seth Rollins cleanly. Yeah. To enter yeah. into this. This came out of nowhere, huh? Very interesting, isn't it? Came out of nowhere. And now we have all three members of the Shield in a match for the first time, as far as I can recall. Maybe it's not. But as far as a single situation here where it's not been two against one and the other or whatever the case may may be, you're on a single situation there with Randy Orton. You got the four-way at payback. A very easy way for Rollins to kind of pin Ambrose if they want to keep the title on him and not, you know, have Reigns or Orton go down. And that's what it seems to me, no, that this is Ambrose's match to take the fall. No, I I think that's the obvious move. Now, they've been swerving us on on expectations, which is a good thing. But uh, now it's interesting that they, they lost the blood feud aspect of Ambrose and Rollins real quick when they made the match. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, but now you he's, know, he's got a title chance now. And maybe I'm Ambrose with, is smartened up. Maybe he wanted to make sure he wrestled that match and didn't DQ anything or, you know, he wanted in this title. Because the way to hurt Seth Rollins is to take that title away. Right. I, and don't get me wrong. I, I love the idea of this being a dusty beatdown. Where you, you know, in the old school where you had the Ole Anderson angle where he was the partner and he and the Russians just beat on Dusty when the match started. I'd love that, but mm-hmm. it's not going to happen. Right. It's actually a kind of a perfect four way. I mean, everybody's going, well, who's going to turn? Who's going to turn? You don't need anybody to turn because oh. both both Ambrose and Orton kind of play that tweener who plays by his own rules well, type no of turn role. you're gonna you're gonna have all of them chasing after seth rollins seth rollins is gonna sneak away and you're gonna have wrestle you know wrestle 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 at some point ambrose and reigns won't get on the same page or most likely ambrose and orton won't get on the same page right. at some point reigns accidentally spears ambrose uh, i'm thinking a a uh kind of quirky spear onto ambrose and then rollins dumps reigns and pins ambrose is probably the finish here yeah I'm, I'm one I'm raw away you. from this show, by the way. Like they yeah, have I one more week to set it up. Next week, Orton accidentally RKO's Reigns yeah. because he took the spear this time. Um, speaking of swerved expectations, I was quite pleased that the New Day mm-hmm. did not lose to Orton and Reigns, as yeah. is the WWE playbook with tag champs versus main event stars. Well, um, it's three I, on two. Usually, the one with two wins, not this time. Yeah, but still, they you know, and they yeah, and also, or they'd make the uneasy partners win the tag champs, which is just which you and I have talked about before. It drives me insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked that they brought out the new day for the top of the hour segment. Yeah, I think that's how you get guys to be taken seriously in 2015 in terms of mid card guys that you want to elevate. Put them, put them, get, you know, build your B storylines. So also just bring them out front uh, on the top of the show and have them cut promos. So what you're saying is you would like the guys who aren't quite over and maybe some of the new guys to be in there with some of the established stars on Monday Night Raw. That's what you're saying. You don't have to have them with the established stars necessarily. You just don't always have to have the same four or five guys always doing all the expositiony opening. You could do a Barrett Neville top of the hour thing to begin or, with, or maybe a Sami Zayn in there with the John Cena type. I, I get. I knew what you were going for, and I was avoiding it. So, yeah. and don't I don't let you don't avoid anything. anything. Don't think you're more clever than me. Xavier Woods, I'm by so the way, clever. MVP Not of really. Raw. Not really. Xavier Woods was MVP. Xavier of Raw. Woods was great he in was this talking. So room. great. 
he cannot well, be he, was, he cannot be a babyface. He has to be a heel speaker. He was great in the the talking role. He was great in the match with that first headlock on Roman. I'm gonna pin Roman Reigns. This is what I love about the New Day uh, team right now. Their situation, their role, because you have Xavier Woods who is a little bit more heelish in how he talks now, which is perfect, because he is a vacuum of charisma when he's a babyface. But as a heel, right, people just naturally don't want to like him. You have Big... Fun- yeah, hold on. A- you have Big E. I'm suspending you for this while I get my point out. You have Big E in there, who is gigantic, who is just going to be a menacing presence. And then you have Kofi Kingston. Now, the thing with Kofi is what makes all of this great, Jeff, is the fact that Kofi is no different than he was before. Kofi Kingston keeps saying things in a positive tone, in a, you know, babyface cadence, and he looks at the crowd like, yeah, cheer me now, knowing full well they're not. Kofi Kingston is the same Kofi Kingston, and I think that's what no one ever saw. When we thought Kofi Kingston would go heel, we were all saying, how would he do this? How would he play it up? We've never seen Kofi as a heel like this. He's not. He's a babyface, but because of what he says... The people want to boo him along with his compadres, and it's working so well. Yeah, and also, uh, you know, Xavier Woods is a perfect, uh, and by the way, how do you say it? Xavier or Xavier? Xavier. That's what I thought. Nobody started saying Xavier until that X-Men cartoon back in the 90s. Um, Anyway, (laughs) Uh, Xavier is the perfect Buddy Roberts of of the Freebirds. He's the guy who's going to get beat on. He's kind of the guy who's, quote-unquote, less talented than the other two stars in, in the, quote-unquote, Freebirds. Mm-hmm. Um, Big E turning up just the false positivity to, like, an 11 right. is pretty darn great. Yeah, The continuing uh, celebrations they're in so the happy. back throughout the show yes. where people are just walking by and they're still celebrating. It's so great. <laughs> so fantastic. Kane, we did it, Kane. We did it, Kane. <laughs> They're in the back. Uh, Kane and I'm, Seth Rollins yeah. are there talking, and you're still hearing Biggie celebrate in the background. This is great. The, the reference. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I just finished watching Raw about five minutes before we went on the air. Oh yeah. The the the, the interview with Renee, where they make the call to Duran Duran's notorious, except they say Vic 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 Victorious. <laughs> For some reason, that amused me to absolutely no end. Go watch their promos on the app, too. The ones that they did with Tom Phillips and also the other one that they did with Renee. Those are so good. They're they're finding their role here. They're finding their niche. They're finding everything. I, I'd like them coming to together. Tune, tune down the campiness just a bit when they're in, those, in that main event slot. I, I know what you're saying, and I know I'm not saying to get rid of the false positivity thing, but but... Just don't make it so cartoony, I guess, at times. Well, there there are certain times where you make it cartoony and you turn it on and turn it off, and that way you seem a little bit more phony. But there are times where you have to be, hey, we're the champs and we can kick your butt still occasionally. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I Because you had the segment, and this is why I like this episode of Raw 2, was the tag team division. You had Cesaro and Kid getting a clean win against uh, Victor and Connor, the Ascension. You had Mm. the New Day, obviously, beating Randy Orton. And Roman Reigns, so what, it was three on two, at least a three one this time. Yeah, at least they gave at least they didn't lose credibility doing So you have those two on a roll uh on the road here seemingly to payback where it's gonna be that one on one title rematch, and you don't know which two members of the New Day are gonna wrestle Cesaro and Kid. You have Cesaro and Kid in a full fledged babyface role now with Natalia. 
you have the New Day in a full-fledged heel role. And you had that little segment where they were facing off with each other on Raw. And I thought that was well done, too. You give Tyson Kidd all the speaking parts. He can go up against Xavier Woods. You have Biggie, again, who's turned it up to 11, like you said, on the campiness scale. But he's not really saying different things that they said before. The reason why I like this New Day heel turn is they're the same guys just turned up a little bit. And they're going up against fan favorites. So now they're the bad guys. It's not well, like Naomi, who yeah. was a completely new character one week from the last week. Yeah, the only disconnect with that is Tyson's doing all the promos against Xavier, but Xavier's going to be doing matches against Natty and <laughs> losing more than likely, while Tyson and Kofi are kind of paired up together in the ring. Um, yeah. Oh, hey, hey, let, let's remember uh, Vince McMahon saying he had no idea how to get Cesaro over. I don't know how he connects with fans. I don't know. He seemed to do a pretty good job on this raw. I know they were in Montreal. I know they were, but but that uh, that European uppercut spot from corner to corner that was fun. ten of them. Yeah, that was Just great. running back and forth. Intense Cesaro. Well, Victor was a champ in that match. Victor yeah. O'Connor. I can't remember. Okay, I mean taking all the it was moves Victor. and stuff. Like that. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not dying on the Ascension Sword anymore. Like they are what they are. Yeah. But no, I, I, you know what? I could, I could see them getting like a one week mini push, like a win over say the, the Lucha dragons or even, uh, the matadors when Mad Max comes out, they're more valuable than people are giving them credit for. I Connor agree. And, Victor. I th- and they're better in the ring than people give them credit they for. Are. I mean, they're not, they're not, they're not fantastic by any means. I mean, they're not, they're not the fantastics either. Nope. But they're not, they're not, but but you know what? They make guys look good, and that's all you need sometimes. We have coming up on May 17th is payback. Mm-hmm. So the second Sunday. The matches so far that are announced on TV, there's only two. We have the world title four-way. We yep. have Ambrose, Rollins, Orton, and Reigns. And then we have the John Cena quit match with Rusev. Those are the only two matches announced. Now, it mm-hmm. seems pretty clear we're going to get the tag title match. Seems pretty clear we're probably getting Bray Wyatt and the Ryback. Oh God, that singles seg- match. What did uh, you think of that segment? Um, I didn't really have any strong thoughts on it. I think Ryback was getting the crowd. He won the crowd over after the Goldberg chance because he broke. You know, good and, job on that, by the way, by him. I thought. I thought it was, both it was great. And, but then he, he went back Cena and both handled the crowd well. Right. I thought. But then he went back into monotone. I'm just going to read this speech, and the crowd saw right through it. And that's the problem with these guys, with Reigns, with yeah. Ryback. They give these guys speeches to say instead of speaking from the heart. And when Ryback is just out there speaking, he's great. When he's speaking from written lines, trying to remember, it's not so great. The crowd, they want to respond to the Ryback. They really do. They want this guy to be over. It's the second time now that they've wanted this guy to be over. Third, if you count the Nexus, which I really don't because he was just part of a group. They want this guy to be over. Just let him go out there and say a couple of lines and that's it. Let him be who he is on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, the Ryback is great. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, what else? Naomi and Tamina probably going up against the Bellas. I think you do the tag match there since Tamina just came back. Maybe you do a singles match for the title. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, some, some kind of type of combination. And it looks like the rematches from the last pay-per-view, Neville and Barrett, and then Sheamus and Ziggler. So you're doing all this stuff. I mean, this is your card for payback. It looks like it's another two-match show. It's the main event and the Cena match. Mm-hmm. rest of it's going to be a a continuation so that they can do the same matches over at the next pay-per-view probably. And I'm not saying that to be negative people. I'm just saying that's what they do on these pay-per-views. Yep. 
They give you something in two matches, but everything else is just a continuation so they can do it again the next time. Yeah, and then once July hits, they build for SummerSlam. Right. And then on May 20th, three days later, we also only have two matches announced publicly on TV for the NXT TakeOver Unstoppable show. But based on what's happened at the TV, we know pretty much the entire card. What's announced right now is Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens at TakeOver for the title. We hope that that actually happens. We hope Sami Zayn's not hurt enough to where he's going to miss more than two weeks. Well, it's funny because even if he can't go, Alex Riley can't go either, can In he? a bad fate of bad timing, Alex Riley had knee surgery. So if Sami Zayn can't go, I want Owens. Can't happen. Can't happen. Alex Riley is out too. Very sad about I think, that. I think we're all thankful for that. Nope. Very sad about the Alex Riley <laughs> knee surgery. Uh, Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks for the women's championship. Baron hyped. Corbin. Yeah, it should be exciting. I am hyped for that match, especially after seeing finally Becky get a little bit of a squash match in there to show what she could do as opposed to just kind of bumping around for other people. Baron Corbin and Rhino. Mm-hmm. Probably going about eight minutes. Oh, uh, okay. Maybe not. Maybe it'll be quick. Maybe it'll be one of those quick, like, who can win? You know, in these quick battles, and Baron just catches Rhino, maybe coming for the spear, catches him, boom, drops him. End of days. Quick, quick question on that. You saw the the uh, Corbin promo? Yep. Is he a heel, or is that just a badass in WWE's eyes? Well, what I think is, it's the badass now, where he's, you know, he's not a babyface, he's not a heel, because he doesn't okay. go out there and get... He doesn't clamor for the approval of the fans. He just goes out there and does what he does. I think this is one of those where we're going to flip the coin. Where it lands is how we go with him. If the crowds, yeah, if the crowds heal on him, which they've done at all the live shows, at every live show, Baron Corbin is the bad guy and he plays Mm -hmm. it up. On TV, Mm -hmm. he's the good guy. At full sale, he's a good guy. Going up against Rhino, though, I think we may see a change in that. I think we may see those crowds start to turn on him a little bit, and this might be the start of how he does become a heel. Yeah, Rhino's a face to the NXT crowd. Well, whoever is not battling Kevin Owens for the title after TakeOver is probably going to be looking at Baron Corbin. And I if agree. that's with Tommy, you're going to have with Tommy and, and Baron Corbin going out there. Baron Corbin's going to be the bad guy. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, Finn Balor against Tyson Bree or uh, Tyler Breeze. Mm-hmm. That should Hideo be good Tommy in a triple threat. The number one contendership. Mm-hmm. And Blake and Murphy, the dubstep Cowboys. Now aligned with Alexa Bliss, of all people, Mm. going up against Enzo and Big Cass aligned with Carmella. I do not approve of that pairing. Why not, Jeff? Well, it was was so... Actually, I just didn't care for the vignette that paired them. It was almost like NXT high. Hey, gorgeous, you want to go out on a date later? No? Okay. Hey, guys, how's it going? Well, it wasn't quite like that. But it what it happened was like here? that. It was exactly like that. To set the scene, <laughs> the second floor of the NXT Performance Center, the kitchen. Shake them, hold on. Shake Them Ropes Theater presents NXT High. It was just so wacky because you had a couple <laughs> of different situations in here. You had Enzo and Cass in this segment. You had Alexa Bliss. You had Blake and Murphy. You had Carmella. You had someone else who I can't even remember. There was someone else in this segment. It wasn't Emma. Who, was, who else was in this thing? I don't even know. doesn't matter. Yep. Oh, Blake and Murphy. Or no, it was Carmella. Yeah, and then Blake and Murphy leave for a moment to go in the background and chat. Yeah. Alexa Bliss comes in, gets pie face. Coming back and coming back. Whatever. And then they come back and go, hey guys, how's it going? In the end, Alexa Bliss, Blake, and Murphy are looking at each other. And then the camera cuts off, so who knows what happened after that. Ouch. 
I wish, I wish that camera kept going. They probably sat down and watched TV, most likely. Maybe some Netflix, maybe some Orange is the New Black. Would have liked to see that. Watch, watch some old matches from the vault. <laughs> sure. But you're going to have I, that. But, I mean, that screams to me, now that you're pairing Alexa Bliss here and you have TakeOver coming up, I could very easily see Blake and Murphy keeping the tag titles and them still going with this program, doing six-mans on TV until eventual uh, eventual rematch. Double turn, I think, between Carmella and Alexa Bliss here. Because Carmella is so easily a heel in, in that pairing with Enzo and Cash. The reason why I wouldn't say that yet is just because we know the history of NXT. Yeah. And they like to go how things should go and not be too crazy as far as the no. storylines. And that would be a little silly. It would be, but Alexa Bliss doesn't belong with a heel tag team at all, unless unless she's going to turn heel. She and we're we'll probably gonna, on the other match. She we might. may we may we may get Emma and Bailey. Could get yeah. Emma and Bailey. Could very well get Emma and Bailey, because that mm-hmm. seems to be building up. That seems natural. Uh, that was another. That was another episode of NXT High. Yeah. I need my shirt and my headbands. That big girl stole them. She stole them. <laughs> she can't get more. I mean, she needed them back. I still like me some Bailey. I don't care. You do. Uh, questions and comments from the uh, listeners of Shake Them Ropes. You can comment on anything and ask questions on anything at Shake Them Ropes on Twitter. We will I answer them. I said a question. Yeah. You did. I ignored it because <laughs> it was ridiculous. <laughs> Sam Hurd on Twitter asked, who's Hi, better, Sam. Alex Riley or Brad Maddox? And my response is, there's basically two schools of thought. The first school is that Alex Riley is better. The second school is that Brad Maddox is better. I happen to attend both schools because they're so great. Obviously, I would go Alex Riley because I think he has potential to be a bigger name in WWE. At this point, I think they're both done for. I mean, let's be real. They're both done for. But Alex Riley had potential. Brad Maddox is a great talker, has excellent hair. Seems like a guy you just want to go have a beer with. Doesn't have size. And comments on all the latest fashion. I, you know, I'm, I'm more bullish on Alex Riley, but I just don't think he's ever going to get past whatever, you know, whatever black mark is in his file. To be and, honest with and you, and people are talking about okay, Sami Zayn is hurt here, coming off of a previous injury. You know, not that it kept him out of, you know, action for too long, but Alex right. Riley is a guy who's had injuries and also has been out of action for two years. Like, this knee surgery could very well hurt him more than a shoulder injury that keeps Sami Zayn out for a month can hurt Sammy. So I'm... I'm yeah, knees, knee, knees, are, knees are, as a man who's had knee surgery, knees are uh, precarious things. And also, you know, Riley, Riley has the political black mark on his, on his file because of the Cena thing. Yeah. So, Maybe I mean, I'm- and Ma- Maddox, they never use. I mean, at least they used Alex Riley for, for various things on TV. They saw some talent in him as a talker, and whatnot. They don't even use Maddox except for like uh, the occasional Easter egg on a, on a cane segment. Shows up at a cane segment and then nowhere to be seen again. Yeah. Very sad. Maybe I'm just partial to Alex Riley because he followed me to the Orlando airport once. Maybe that's why. I don't know. Did uh, he? He did. Back in September when I was at the Performance Center. We left at the same time. Was he taking photos of you the entire time? No, he was not. Okay. He was, <laughs> he was thinking, how do I get back in the ring? Next question. Brian at Liger X bomb on Twitter. Will we see Ambrose versus Rollins as a summer program? And we kind of talked about this a little bit. 
Um, I really see Ambrose being in this match as a one-off just to take the fall in this one to keep Roman strong, hashtag it, and to keep Orton up there. Um, but it wouldn't be the most surprising thing in the world. If you want to give Rollins a program for the summer that he can win, you know, put him in there. If you want to do Orton and Reigns or spread those guys out with other people, I don't know. I, I would put it maybe 20% that that's your summer program. I think they may put him in that June match to give Rollins the win going into a Brock match at SummerSlam. Well, and keep in mind, too, you're going to have money in the bank in the middle here. So Dean Ambrose is going to be most likely in that match, not in a match with Seth Rollins, you would think. Unless they want to keep the guy out because the fans would clamor for Ambrose to win. And they do the smart thing and keep Ambrose out of the money in the bank to give it to someone else and also keep the distraction away. Well, or you put Ambrose in the money in the bank, you give him the money in the bank briefcase, and then he's all and then he's doing kind of the opposite of what Seth did. And he goes, Yeah, I'm going to ruin your title reign eventually. Remember when you had the briefcase, I said it was gonna ruin that. You can make the call back there. I can't that wait wouldn't to be see, a bad thing. I can't wait to see how many props Dean Ambrose would be able to fit in that briefcase. <laughs> it would probably be a lot. Um Case Low on Twitter asks if we have any hot takes about the first month of the major league baseball season. No. Jeff Jeff is shaking his head no. I have a hot take just because it's in the national attention. Bring the DH to the National League. Let's wow. let's end this pitcher's batting thing. I know there are purists out there. Not me. Be, I'm a I'm I'm pro DH. I'm, I'm very pro DH. DH. Owners, it's a specialist it's a specialist league now. So you the might union as well. would love it cuz they get more pe- more hitters, you know, longevity. Now I'll make one exception. If you get rid of interleague play, then no DH for the National League because that then that makes the World Series special. Yeah, but you're not getting that. Okay. And the purest argument is, oh, I love the National League game. I love the pitchers hitting. I love all the strategy that goes into it. There's still strategy in the American League. I mean, you're not going to have every single strategic move. Well, it's small ball in the National League, and then if you bring the DH in, then it just becomes power hitting again. Right. But in a league that's dying of runs... I say bring the DH. We can have a longer discussion on Twitter at Shake Them Ropes if you want to on that. But yeah, bring the DH. There's no logical argument against it. Uh, okay. We got an iTunes review. ShakeThemRopes.com slash iTunes. You can find us on iTunes. Um, I would greatly appreciate if any of our listeners out there that haven't visited our iTunes page, even if you don't subscribe or listen via iTunes, go check us out there. Send a review in. You can review the show. Give us your little star ratings and whatnot. Uh, if you like the show, I encourage you to do that so that other people can find the show and uh, that we can uh, see, you know, your feedback for us. Yeah, but, the search the search engine of iTunes does it by rankings yes. in terms of and, how much people like them. So. And I'm not even so worried about the rankings by I'm all not means. Either. I, I like I the positive reviews because it, it gives me, you know, something to think like, okay, we're doing some good here. I don't know. But we got a negative review this week from someone. Someone gave us one star out of five. And said mm-hmm. that the host, which I have to assume was me, maybe it was you, I don't know. I consider myself the host just because I'm the one who starts the show, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Said I was too negative on WWE and he can't believe that I still watch it based on my comments. Now, I don't think he's listened to more than one show and maybe only a portion of one show. Because I just spent this episode talking about how great Alex Riley and Brad Maddox were. I am Kane's number one fan. I am Randy Orton for the Hall of Fame guy. I am hashtag Stephanie for best non-wrestler. I am super positive on WWE, and I keep watching it. I get bored by watching Raw three hours live every week. That doesn't mean I dislike WWE. 
That means the shows are not entertaining enough for three hours to watch live. But I still go back and watch them. I watched this Raw from last night today in a more comfortable setting because I still love WWE. Like, I hate these comments that I'm too negative. I'm not going to hide away from a critique if I have one. I'm not going to just think everything is great blindly like some others out there that try to find the positive in everything just because that's their gimmick. I like a lot of WWE. We talk, what did we talk about, Jeff, in this show? We talked about Sami Zayn. Loved it. We talked about mm-hmm. Lana. Loving the possibilities. We talked about the tag team division, which is finally getting winners facing off instead of you know, mutual losers who are just there. We talked about Dean Ambrose being in the title picture. How many people have been clamoring for Dean Ambrose to be in the title picture? And it's happening. I don't think I'm too negative on WWE. I think I'm negative sometimes when it's called for. I don't think I'm too negative. So if you, I'm probably too, I'm probably too negative. I'll take the hit and I'll you say, you know be what? Negative on everything today. No, I didn't. I, I just, I, I, I want to be fair on everything. So if That's you, all. if you I, like I, the I, show and we get, hold on, hold on. Let me talk to this guy. Okay. Well, hold on a second before I'll I, let me, this. let me give the plug here first and then I'll let you talk a little plug time. If you like the show, please do us a favor, go onto iTunes, write a review. We'd appreciate it if it was positive. And if you want to send a photo or, you know, a screen cap or just tell us on Twitter that you sent a review in, I'll personally thank you. I will thank you personally for writing a positive review uh, at Shake Them Ropes on Twitter, shakethemropes.com slash iTunes, because I really would appreciate it. Like I didn't put it on iTunes, you know, so people can hear it because I thought we were doing horrible stuff here. I don't know. That's just me. Jeff, you wanted to talk to this guy. Make it quick. And after that, he can jump off a bridge. No. Oh, you I, turned I me back the on? guy gave us a I'm bigger... Kidding. Oh, no, I'm kidding. I, I, would I, was just, I was pretending to do a rant on yes, the video, and I, know. I just decided not to. I did no, not suspend you. You know what? I, I'm, I'm an older fan. I get it. It ain't for me. Write something that's not for eight-year-olds. I'll like it more. That's all you need. Okay? Let's move on. We're not, we're not going to like everything. We're not always negative, but we, we see, you know, the downside. We just ask questions. I, I ask questions because I'm skeptical of things. That's it. But you know what? Teach their own. You don't have to like us. That's fine. I liked the newsroom on HBO. I like that show a lot. <laughs> so Did I like one. everything on it? Did I like the last season? No. Was I a fan of the show? Yes. You're taking this far too personally, Rob. I'm not trying to take it personally. I would hope that that guy who gave us the review gave us another shot or gave, you know, listened more than 20 minutes of one episode. Because I bet if you (laughs) handpick a small segment of the show, you can find that we're either too positive or too negative based on what the topic was at that time. He might be trolling. Delete the comment and go on. I can't delete the comments (laughs) on iTunes. If you write something on iTunes, it stays there. I can't delete it. So so some of you have to write some five-star reviews to make up for it. So get moving. I would appreciate it. Like I said, I'm not doing it just to try and get the numbers up. I will personally you thank you. people listening have been slacking. Get your ass up to you. I will personally thank you on Twitter if you uh, write us a good review. And even if you just want to send feedback. Like, maybe you don't like certain parts of the show. Tell us on Twitter. Send us feedback. Um, oh, wait. Sorry. That's my mom. Go ahead. Good job. We watched match number 79 in our continuing series, WWE Top 100 Matches to See Before You Die, based on the WWE.com list of matches available on the WWE Network. Uh, 79 this week was Sheamus versus Daniel Bryan from Extreme Rules 2012. It was the two out of three falls match. The rematch from the WrestleMania 18 second affair, where Daniel Bryan lost his title based on the kiss of death from AJ Lee. 
So all the yes. fans who were clamoring for the long match at that show got it one month later at Extreme Rules. It was a two out of three falls match. Sheamus and Daniel Bryan, your thoughts overall on this one, Mr. Jeff Hawkins? Boy, that 18-second shirt didn't sell well, did it? <laughs> I don't remember anybody else having that. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't remember anyone, and we never see it. It certainly wasn't a big you know, hit like Austin 316 or the NWO, I'll say that. I, this is my favorite Daniel Bryan look of all the looks that he's given us in the WWE in terms of clean cut, Daniel Bryan, yep. shaggy dog, Daniel Bryan. I like kind of the short crop beard and the short hair. Uh, I think they did a lot in this match because this goes to the Sami Zayn thing. They did a lot to make him a credible in ring quote unquote killer. Yeah. So to speak. I just like um, the look of it. You talk about the favorite look of Daniel Bryan. I love the contrast whenever he's in there yes. with Sheamus because, one, you're usually going to get a good match with Daniel Bryan and Sheamus. I agree. But if you want Daniel Bryan to look tan and have you know the kind of look that they're going for, sure, he's a little shorter. But he looks good when he's in there with Sheamus. Well, pasty yeah, white and, fella. And, and, and he looks like he's, he can kick a, he's a smaller guy who can beat up a bigger guy, which they rarely do, which is good. I like yeah. the way the match was set up. I like the way that Daniel Bryan forfeited that first fall. We'll get to it. He, but sa- he I sacrificed like, the first fall to try and like win the, the other I two. I like the story of the match. Yeah. I just don't understand why this match was number 79. It's Yeah, I mean, not so much in the match, because we go through the match. I mean, you know, it was a 22-minute best of three falls. It was halfway in the card of Extreme Rules. They didn't want it to be too close to Randy Orton's match. They didn't want it to be too close to the Brock Lesnar-John Cena match. So it's right there, smack dab in the middle of Extreme Rules 2012. The show takes place at the Allstate Arena in Chicago, which Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, Jeff, but because they do so many pay-per-views, and really it's only once a year, it seems like every important thing on a WWE pay-per-view lately, when it's not on WrestleMania, it somehow happened in Chicago. I mean, they always have, seem to have extreme rules in Chicago too. Extreme except, rules, with the exception payback. of that money in the bank, with the exception of that money in the bank match. There was a payback show yeah. where CM Punk came back after the WrestleMania loss to Undertaker. That was in mm. uh, Chicago. It seems like all the times, you know, when, on these B shows, if it was important, it may have happened in Chicago. So yeah. they are full on cheerful for Daniel Bryan. Sheamus is a full on heel here. Agreed. Which is the second straight month because Sheamus was a heel at WrestleMania because the crowd loved Daniel Bryan so much. Same with the Raw the night after WrestleMania that year. Like, mm-hmm. But they didn't waver. Daniel Bryan's super bad heel. Sheamus, super babyface. Yeah. And that's basically... I thought, you were, about, I th- I thought no. you were about to go into something. No, I mean, <laughs> as for the match, I mean, we don't have to spend a lot of time on it. The, Daniel no, Bryan, a- he sacrificed the first fall by getting DQ'd, yes. going after Sheamus' shoulder, I believe, right? Uh, yes, and this was also they set up that DQ very well with the uh, with the first rope break where Daniel Bryan breaks out the the greatest hits collection of I have five ref before <laughs> before yeah. the break. So he's going he's completely destroying Sheamus's shoulder because of course once he gets DQ'd that was a setup mm-hmm. for the yes lock immediately after. Agreed. Yeah, and, and he, the, you go ahead. Yeah, the, it actually shocked me how long he had him in the yes lock before Sheamus tapped. Mm-hmm. That that I thought that that kind of shaded Daniel Bryan a little bit, but I mean I understand why they did that, and that's fine. Uh, <laughs> my only question is, and, and WWE over the years in these types of matches, last man standing, two out of three falls, the Money in the Bank cash ins, and stuff like that, 
have a sliding scale of when those falls actually start or what constitutes the end of the match in terms of the last man standing match, what being on your feet actually means. And in these kind of two out of three fall matches, okay, does the guy have to be upright to start the next fall or do you just start the next fall immediately? Yeah. It seems like an unfair advantage that he gets that Seamus gets such a big rest period in between the falls there. It's, it's, it's so, uh, we need a rule book or something. <laughs> well, that happens. I mean, it's yeah. the same thing with the money in the bank, whether they have to be up and ready versus whether right. they're just down on the ground. And they do it right. based, I mean, they have the license there, the poetic license to change it based on the, the time and of boy, they use what it. match they're doing <laughs> and when they use it. And that's, you know, that's fine. They can do that yeah. as long as it's not too ridiculous from situation to situation, which is never really too ridiculous. No. But, I, Consistency would be nice. Daniel Bryan's plan here was to get that fall, right? Right. And then yeah. he gets it, and then he's waiting for the rest period to be over so we can lock in that no lock again on Sheamus. Yeah, do do the run across the uh, corner to the turnbuckle, hit the drop kick, get the yes lock in again. That's the plan. Get the yes lock in again, and there you go. He'll win two to one. Didn't mm-hmm. quite go that way because Sheamus was able to hit a emergency bro kick and then wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. He hits another one, and he gets the pinfall victory. Now, the reason why this particular match we don't have to go too in-depth for is you brought it up. Why is this match number 79 in the top 100? I think it was just to get a Daniel Bryan match in there. It was a lengthy match. It was for the world title. It was a post-WrestleMania thing, so it had some type of story, and also get AJ Lee involved. Disagree. I think it's to have a Sheamus match on there. We have a Daniel Bryan match in about... I think 10 weeks. It's the uh, Daniel Bryan Dolph Ziggler match. Yeah. At the time, it was somewhat of a big deal. I know a lot of people were looking forward to this greatly because you knew you were going to get, you know, more than 18 seconds, of course. Yeah. But two you, or three th- falls. Th- yeah. This was going to be the match that they should have put on at WrestleMania. That, w- that was the hype of it. You were, you were going to get a smartly worked Daniel Bryan match. And I in agree. the end, you basically it did. It's yeah. a solid match. Don't, don't, we, we, we're not being negative here. We're it's just solid. wondering in, in terms of, must see and put your eyes on it. Uh, put it put it this really. way. The first match we ever reviewed on this countdown was Triple H and Jericho from Fully yes. Loaded. That match yes. was better than this one. Yes. Agreed. Most of the matches we reviewed have been better than this one, I think. Most, not all. Not all. That, that super crazy match <laughs> probably was beneath it. Was it, okay. it was okay. Yeah. But that that was there. Some of these matches are here for historical significance and not so much for the match quality itself. They're there for everything Correct. surrounding it. And the super crazy moment, match was that. They're either for a moment, they're for a character you should see, or they're for, uh, yeah, um, uh, I said a moment in time, match quality, or someone who's very important to the WWE historical legacy that, you know, they need to get them on the list. Next week, match number 78 on the list. Harley Race versus Ric Flair from Starcade 1983. Ooh. Race and Flair from 83. Most likely will be a stark contrast from this oh. Daniel Bryan Sheamus match. It's it's gonna be a bit slower. It's gonna be a bit rougher, but it's gonna be worth it. I'm excited for it. As long as it's not an hour. It's not an hour, is it? I don't believe so, but it is It's gonna be long. I think, I think it's like twenty five. Don't okay. quote me on that. Well, I can do that. I can do all these. At some point, we have we haven't had it yet. I don't think the Brock Lesnar Kurt Angle Iron Man match from SmackDown. I believe is on this list somewhere. Is it not? It, I don't. I thought they 
kind of made Kurt Angle persona non grata, much like uh, he who shall not be named. Uh, Chris Benoit? Um, yes. Let me see this. I am going to look, because I want to now know specifically if that Iron Man match. It should be. It should list. be, because it's a great friggin' match. The one from SmackDown? Yeah. 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 Extreme uh, SmackDown or whatever it was. Yeah. It appears. I just watched it a few months ago. Let me check when this uh, Brock Lesnar Iron Man match was, because I think it might be on our list here. But I got to know what date took place September 18th of 03. So, yes, yes. this is the same one. Uh, Match number 52. Okay. Is the Kurt Angle Brock Lesnar Iron Man match from WWE SmackDown. So we still have a little ways to go. We are a good 30, 30 away from that almost. So, yeah, we we got some good feedback about the our Fantastics Midnight Express uh, stuff. Just some people who had never seen the match and also... uh, you know, people who are into kind of that old 80s, 90s tag team scene. We're, uh, we're know, just get... some nice conversations on that. Here's how crazy this whole top 100 thing we're doing and the fact that we're going weekly. We're not going to hit Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar till around Christmas time. Maybe we should start doubling up. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas no. time, and then we'll do the rest. We're basically going to finish this. If we plan it right, we can finish this like SummerSlam week, or not SummerSlam, but Survivor Series week next year, maybe. Here. We're still on the air. The motivation if, if, for still for to keep going here. If, if people haven't gone to iTunes and said we're too negative. I hope not. And All Rob's right. just so despondent he no longer wants to do a show because I'll be here. I ain't got nothing to do, All kids. Right. So we open this episode with the first teaser featuring the what if Sid did it line for the super not so secret anymore side podcast project from Voices of Wrestling and myself. Uh, the WCW 2001 A Space Odyssey uh, podcast, yet to be named. But right now, we're going to play uh, teaser number two. Oh, I thought you named it. I thought it was WCW Serial. It's going to be like Wrestling is Serial, WCW 2001, because we might do more after the WCW right. version. Sounds fun. So trademarked, by the way. Um, but now, teaser number two, I'm going to play right now for you, Jeff, and for all the listeners. Are you ready? I am ready. So official. I'm going to play this right now. WCW only held three pay-per-views in 2001 before being sold to World Wrestling Entertainment. The iconic WCW sin in January. The revolutionary Super Brawl revenge in February. And of course, the game-changing WCW greed in March. You should ask your older brother about these shows. Unless the animal reveal its sin turned him off to wrestling forever. Which is likely. All three shows combined to draw as many fans as WWE's January event alone in that year, and were all headlined by Scott Steiner defending the World Heavyweight Championship. Newer fans may remember Scott Steiner as the guy trying to murk Hulk Hogan. At the time, critics and historians all blamed the low box offices and pay-per-view buys on the notoriously weak drawing cards of Kevin Nash, Jeff Jarrett, Sid, and Diamond Dallas Page, all title challengers to Scott Steiner. But WCW died after greed, and here we are. Fifteen years later, could we have all been wrong back then? Could we have overlooked the real problem? Must we face the question that none of us thought possible to ever reasonably ask? Was Scott Steiner not a draw?
With Scott Steiner, not a draw, Jeff. I'm hoping for at least two episodes, one that's Sean O'Hare-centric and one that's above-average uh, Mike Sanders-centric. Oh, we're going to have... <laughs> we're going to have plenty of time to talk about New Blood, Millionaire's Club, Mike Sanders. God, I'm going to have to go rewatch all that. Jindrak and O'Hare, Palumbo and O'Hare, all of no, them. No, Palumbo O'Hare is WWE. I, I, I know. I'm talking yeah. about them all. And talk about everybody. Yeah, we're going to have plenty of time to that. Uh, but that's it for this week. It is episode number 81 we're doing. Uh, ShakedownRopes.com, VoicesOfWrestling.com. Find us on YouTube. All our videos up. VoicesOfWrestling.com slash YouTube. You can find us there. We'll link it on the Twitters. Uh, Jeff Hawkins, say bye to the people. Shake them ropes. Shake them ropes. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals no matter how complex they may be real wealth requires real solutions for more information connect with a wealth advisor today at corient.com that's c-o-r-i-e-n-t.com corient.com